1: 7th 2022 i am dan rubin this is the buck nuts morning five and change those of you watching on youtube twitter and facebook smash those like buttons hit the subscribe button and check out the lovely and talented mark porter and the dean of ohio state recruiting bill kurlick mark is losing oh. his stuff over there but we're going to talk about a lot of recruiting today because yeah. a lot has gone on starting with this Malik Hartford Lakota West standout has verbally and committed to Ohio state bill. You were there yesterday. Give us the latest on what you think of Malik Hartford and what went down there. have to say, I wasn't shocked. We all kind of felt he was in the mix, but it does look like Ohio state is doing better in Cincinnati than in recent years.
2: Yeah, they, they got a missile in, um, Malik Harper, and I mean that in a very, very positive way. I mean, the guy is just like a missile. You know, he's shot. He he is so fast to the ball, and uh, he did what he did last season, basically on a badly injured shoulder all season. He injured it early. He um, uh, then had surgery right after the season, but he is a great prospect, And, and what a nice young man, too, and uh, a 4.0 plus GPA. I might add high state got a really, really good one in Malik Harford. And you know, the, the crystal ball was hundred percent Ohio state. So I think most people figured that was all going to happen. And, and it certainly did yesterday,
1: Mark, you've done an extensive scouting report on him. Uh, what are your thoughts? Some people thought he might be a corner, but he's definitely pegged as a safety.
3: You know, and and that's why they they like him so much is the corner skills at safety. And you can do a lot at safety when you have those corner scores. They can roll you up and you can play the slot. They don't have to bring in a slot on third down, so you can kind of do it naturally. Plays over the top and he can play man to man. Uh, Some safeties, they're just in the box guys or over the top guys. He does all three. He's very good in the box. What was so impressive when you go to see Lakota West is you can't believe there's another Ohio State player on the field. You have Tegra, you have Jair Brown, and then you're saying, is that really another one? And if you talk to Coach Bolden down there, he thinks he might have one or two more Buckeye caliber players, which you know we'll, we'll wait to see if that happens. But unbelievable. And you know, that could be the next pipeline. You put that many guys in Ohio State that quick and start turning heads. But you know, Lee Hartford certainly a great get. And I like his size too. You know, his size is safety size. So he either has safety size a corner or he has corner skills at safety. You like both of those things.
1: The days of the Roy Williams safety are long gone. You know, you got to be able to cover. You got to be able to move. And Malik Hartford kind of is going to offer all that range and everything. uh, Tremendous. All right. There's been some crystal ball craziness after what was an incredible weekend at Ohio State for recruiting. And that'll all come out as Bill answers all of our questions here. And like I said, if you have any questions for Mark or Bill, this is your chance to ask them live. We will get to all of them provided you get them up there in the comment section. Two crystal balls have rolled, Mark and Bill. And from interesting individuals, Steve Wolfong threw one in for Darren Reed, defensive tackle out of Georgia. And Andrew Ivins, our Florida guy, did one for Florida running back Mark Fletcher to Ohio State. Bill, bring us the latest on those two guys. It does seem like every other recruit in the world now is from Georgia.
2: Well, I spoke to Darren Reed uh, right after his Ohio State visit. Um, it, and, you know, it, it went extremely well. He was very, very impressed and uh, left no doubt that Ohio State is very high on his list. He's a six foot five, uh, 260 pound defensive tackle out of Columbus, Georgia. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, as my column on Saturday morning says, uh, if I had to pick right now, I would go with Ohio State for Darren Reed. I'm not quite ready to crystal ball him yet, but uh, he likes Ohio State a lot. Um, George is involved there too, Florida State, but uh, somebody definitely that had a great time at Ohio State. As far as Mark Fletcher, um, yeah, you know, he's another one that, uh, that I've talked to and speaks very highly of Ohio State. In fact, uh, if I were to say that I would probably – crystal ball, Darren Reed to Ohio state right now. If I was going to make a pick on him, I would say even more so for Mark Fletcher, he is going to be dropping Fletcher. That is his top four in the coming days um, up to a week or so And Ohio state. Uh, certainly I expect to be in there. Um, and I, you know, I just think Ohio State's sitting in a good place for him right now.
1: Mark, we were talking before the show and, you know, Ohio State has been in on several tremendous running backs. Fletcher really hasn't been a name we've discussed too much. We've been more talking about guys like, you know, Richard Young, Justice Haynes, Cedric Baxter Jr. You've seen them all. Can you put Fletcher in context with those guys?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I can't believe that we're talking about actually another running back, especially from the state of Florida. Uh, this kid reminds me of a little bit of Najee Harris. Uh, He did a little bit out of the backfield. He's a bigger back. He's got some power. I've seen him listed at 6'2 and 6'1, 230 pounds. Uh, Against high school competition, he had a little Derrick Henry feel to him. He was so big and so powerful, always running downhill. Uh, In terms of Ohio State backs, it's your Trey Sermon type. It's a Carlos Hyde type. Uh, I think he's ranked lower because I don't think he has the breakaway or the burst. You see him in the open field and you see corners run him down, but you also see like Derrick Henry, he's giving those guys a fit. He's running them over. I mean, he evaporated a few kids on film where they were standing in front of him and I don't know where they went because he just kept going and never lost speed. So it's that type of power he has. And in the Ohio State offense, you know, Travion Henderson's great around the goal line and he's great in short yardage, but there's a lot of wear and tear that they'd probably rather put on a bigger back. And they've always had kind of a two or three back rotation and uh, you know how state with this nil and all these guys wanting to keep them in the same place they're probably going to play a couple backs i'm sure they're going to have their lead dog but complementary type back not a three down back i don't know if he stays on the field all three downs but he has a burst when he gets the ball but in the open field you don't see the long speed like you do from cedric baxter or young and those other guys so hence the lower ranking but you know, hey, power through those tackles is something, you know, you can't really put a price on. And everyone likes to highlight film and they like the speed and they don't know how to truly give value to a powerful back between the tackles.
2: One, yeah, one, thing, that I, one thing that Ohio State really likes, too, about Mark Fletcher is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's, he's really good at that. And, you know, we – at Ohio State, uh, a few years ago, they had a, a, a guy that was pretty good, too, that could catch the ball out of the backfield and block and do it all. Uh, that guy was named Ezekiel Elliott.
4: He's yeah. good.
3: Yeah, and, and that's why I gave you that Najee Harris thing. He has like an Alabama running back feel to him, and he made a couple catches on film, and I'm like, you know, he looks just like that type, that power back that does give you that, but those other guys are ranked higher, I, I would say, based on speed but not based on the power.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The other guys fit the mold of what they have now, which is interesting. You know what I mean? Like Travion Henderson and those guys are in that mold. Even Evan Pryor, I would say. I wonder if they're thinking about going to more of a two-back system. And this guy was almost be like their third-down, short-yardage, blocking, receiving guy. Because like you said, I don't see him being – a lead dog in this offense, but as a complimentary kind of like a rich man's master Teague, if you will, could uh, be, be a real nice option. So,
3: and, and this is just something when you're, when you're building a roster, you don't want the same type of receiver. You don't want a bunch of six, okay. two guys. You don't want a bunch of five, nine guys either, but every couple of years, take that five, nine speed stir the jitterbug, the pump returner. And yeah, take that 64 220 pounder who doesn't quite have the speed, but, Hey, in the red zone package, when he rolls in, he presents problems. So, yeah, you know, not necessarily this back, but any type of power back they would recruit would fit that roster building thing. Like every two years, let's bring in a power back, you know.
1: You know, they're going to be good at running back, though, because every guy we've even discussed is just a tremendous prospect. So that's awesome. Uh, Let's talk more crystal ball action. And guys cutting their list down, Bill. We're back to Lakota, this time east, not west. Austin Cereville cut his list to three. I'm going to go Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, if that's accurate. I believe it is. Not a bad trio to finish on. Um, Both have had tremendous success. All three programs developing offensive linemen for the NFL. What's your vibe, Bill? Well,
2: That that is accurate, Dan. That is his. Final three, he, he dropped that last night, and we had it on Bucknuts last night. Um, not surprising that he picked those three. I, I think really uh, it's likely to come down to two. I think he's likely to end up at Ohio State or Notre Dame. And um, obviously Notre Dame has recruited very well, very, very well on the offensive line, and they've developed those guys too you know, they're, they're, they've done well with offensive linemen, not to say Alabama hasn't because they certainly have, but uh, uh, you've got to give a lot of credit to Notre Dame. But having said all that, you know, if I was going to make a pick right now for Austin and I've said this for a while, I would go with Ohio state.
1: What do you think of a Mark?
3: Yeah. You know, I kind of agree with Bill. there. just kind of reading the tea leaves of people I talk to. It's an Ohio state lean. I know he made the other visits, to other places, Alabama and Notre Dame and, You know, I I think Ohio State wins in the end. I think he's more going to stay home, you know, in his home state. You know, he's a tackle right now. Uh, I think he can play guard. I think when they had him down at the Under Armour camp, they moved him around in different positions. They even had him at center a little bit. Not that that means a whole lot there, but I think his body might not be as long as like a Paris Campbell or some of these other long bodies. Uh, And he does have some guard qualities. We're not going to get that guard to tackle thing going here, but He's kind of a tweener right now. I don't know if he's a left tackle and has the elite feet to do the pass rusher. He's probably a right tackle. But, again, he's still developing. And I think since I saw him in the season to the summer, he's looked a little lighter on his feet, maybe a little more agile. And, again, we're going to probably break him down senior season and see how he's progressing.
1: Yeah, Paris Campbell, very talented, but I'm pretty sure you're referring to good old Paris Johnson. That's good.
3: Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. The
1: the blind sign template himself. All right. I want to talk about one more guy and then we're going to hit all these questions. I'm not going to say this name came out of nowhere, Bill, but when you reported on him earlier in the week, I will say it was as pleasant news about a recruit that I read in a while. He is the number one safety by every ranking service that does rankings. And his name is Caleb downs. Give us the absolute latest.
2: Well, um, Ohio State is absolutely in that battle for Caleb Downs. He visited Ohio State um, this past weekend. He actually made it on Sunday. He wasn't with the uh, group that was at the scrimmage on Saturday. He was at Alabama, and then he made it to Ohio State on Sunday. And, you know, I've talked to some people in Georgia in particular, and they really feel Ohio State is a huge player for him. They're not necessarily saying he's going to be a Buckeye, but as someone told me, Ohio State is going to be in this one to the end. Um, Perry Iliano has done a great job recruiting him, and Ohio State has gone to a three-safety system, and they're going to sign, if they can, three safeties in this class. They've got obviously now Malik Hartford they've got Cedric Hawkins and then they uh, would love to get Caleb Downs they also like Joel Neg- Aguero uh Fagan Justin or I should say uh, Damon Fagan from Florida visited Ohio State last week so they're in great shape to possibly land three safeties and Caleb Downs is an impact guy that if they could somehow pull this one out it would be huge and they got a shot
1: I don't know if it's me, but it seems like every other recruit bill is from Georgia these days. Are you getting that vibe?
2: Well, there's certainly a lot of. I mean, that state state is so talented. Georgia, Alabama, or Georgia and Florida. There are just so many kids down there. And uh, Georgia can't take them all. And even some of the ones Georgia can take, a high state can occasionally pick one of those guys off.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it used to be when we got a guy out of Georgia, I felt like it was more of a sleeper type. I guess Raquan McMillan was a top-of-the-board guy, but often it's like you figure, like, the question we get, like on the A.J. Hoffler situation is why doesn't Georgia want him? And the response we got from people who know is, believe it or not, there are three people they like better. So, man, I'm just glad it's Kirby Smart there and not Nick Saban or Urban Meyer because Lord knows what would happen at Georgia if one of those guys got a hold of that state. All right, those of you listening to the podcast, we're gonna take a quick break. Those of you watching, just hold on one sec.
4: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you.
0: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's
1: thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. And we are back. Now we're going to go through the questions. Some of them may be redundant. Let's see here. Uh, We just did this one, but J. Henry Miller, I hope we already answered that. Bill said we are in the mix for Caleb Downs and he is a stud. Mike Schaefer asks, any offensive line recruits on the team now, capable of making an instant impact, a la Michael Jordan. Either one of you.
3: Yeah, I think I talked on that podcast, uh, the very first one we did. Is when's Tyler Larue going to show up? When's Ben Crispin going to show up? One of these guys going to make this impact to answer this type of question? And you know, I wish I had the answer for it, but that's the type of dark horse you know you're looking at. Of course, I'm talking about a couple of Ohio guys coming out of high school, but. Uh, Ohio State's going to desperately need one of those guys to step up because they've recruited a lot of guys out of Ohio, even Integra Shabula or someone like that coming in. Uh, I think Integra, I've been in love with him ever since Mm. I saw him sophomore year. He looked like he was ready to play for the Bengals his
4: sophomore
3: year. Yeah, there's someone like that that, you know, like a Thayer Munford did where you didn't expect much and all of a sudden, boom, he's in the starting lineup and, you know, he's playing right away. Uh, At Ohio State, that's not shockingly, you know, something that shocks you when it happens.
2: And I, I saw Tegra yesterday at the Malik Hartford announcement, and Tegra looks good. I mean, he 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 looked solid, pretty solid yesterday. And uh, another guy that, that's going to step up big time, I think, for Ohio State this season, Donovan Jackson uh, out, out of uh, uh, Texas. I, I expect him to be a very, very good guard, starting guard for Ohio State this season.
1: Yeah, Donovan Jackson is a complete stud. If you've read the boarding house lately, you know that, Insiders are about as high on him as any offensive lineman that's come through the pike in a while. All right, Bill. Nick Stamen. very simple question. Brandon Ennis, question mark. Let's do this. Let's do the Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate possible tandem at Ohio State. His seven-on-seven coach said it was a possibility. Latest. Well, I think it's a
2: possibility. Um, I, I definitely like where Ohio State stands right now with Carnell Tate. Um, w- what I want to see, though, is what happens this weekend when Carnell Tate makes the only official visit he has scheduled right now. He's going to Tennessee this weekend and, and see what happens if that changes anything. I don't think it's going to, mm. but with the NIL and everything else, you just never know. So I want to see what happens that- this weekend. But right now, I definitely like where Ohio State stands with Carnell Tate. Uh, with High State made great strides with him this past weekend. He loved it here. I, I talked to him um, before, you know, on Saturday night, and he, he had a great time. I didn't necessarily think Ohio State um, was up there with USC prior to his visit this weekend. Now I think Ohio State has either uh, passed USC for Ennis or at least has drawn even with USC for him, and the thing is, though, he's going to go the distance. His mm-hmm. plan right now is he's going to take official visits and he is going to go through the process before he decides.
1: Mark, you've seen them both. You've done evaluations on both. It's almost like replacing Olave and Wilson with Olave and Wilson.
3: You know, I think Ennis is the one that is more of the clone of Olave and Wilson. Uh Cornell I thought was a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. I, I kind of would like to see Ohio State get some bigger bodies, but they've had so much success with the 5'11", six-foot guy that comes in and out of breaks, smooth guy that's silky, smooth, fast. We're, you know, that in vogue 6'3", 6'4", receiver that a lot of NFL teams are going for. And you're getting the job done, and you're proving you got two first-rounders doing it this way. So Ennis is more the clone. I thought Tate was just a little bigger version.
1: All right, Bill, I think you answered this and said three for Mani Ja. Is it possible that we take four safeties in this class? Well,
2: you know, to me, that that would certainly be atypical. I I can't remember the last time High State has taken four safeties in a class. But uh, they are now in a three-safety system. And they've got two right now in Hawkins and Hartford, and they're both outstanding. Um, If somehow they could pull uh, Downs, and Aguero out, and then there's Damon Fagan. You know, I, I think that would be something they would they would consider. Those guys are uh, you, you're not going to turn down Caleb Downs, and, right. and if you get one of the other guys, hard to turn down either one of those guys either.
1: From Nick Stamen, who's on fire today, is Jim Knowles the type of defensive coordinator that wants to stay as defensive coordinator, or does he want to be a head coach? I'll take that. I don't think we really know the answer to this right now. If you just look at his career, though, this is not Jeff Halfley coming in on the way up. This is more a guy kind of developing his craft, I think, and he's a little bit older than those dudes. Could he be a head coach? I guess, but he really does seem to me like he's a defensive guru who's really found his best spot. So I will say this. I hope he doesn't want to do that. We kind of discussed this already, Bill. Are they actively recruiting additional running backs because they feel like they're losing steam with Richard Young?
2: I don't feel that way at all. You know, I, think, I still think his decision, Young's decision, comes down to Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, and I still think all three schools are very much in the running. Uh, you've got him, you've got Justin, Justice Haynes that we've talked about, and you've got Cedric Baxter along with Mark Fletcher. So I, I think Ohio State's in pretty good shape. Uh, to land at least one of those running backs. And I would not rule out two.
1: From Michael Helderman, go Bucks! Where do Wilson Olave land in the NFL draft? All right, I am a bit of a draft geek, so I'll give you the latest. And let's piggyback on what Mark was talking about earlier. One of the ways you get Brandon Innes and Carnell Tate to really like Ohio State even more is have them watch the draft because, and I say this every time we're on here and talking about these guys, yes, people like Mr. Bucknuts don't care about the NFL. Guess who cares about the NFL? Brandon Innes and Carnell Tate. Um, If you show people a direct line to three years in the league and then being a first-round draft pick, I think Garrett Wilson could go as high as number four overall in the draft. By the way, uh, Chris Olave is rumored to be going 11 to the commanders, who are now going to have, if he they do that, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Chris Olave on the same team. With Terry McLaurin, I'm told, in line for a $25 million per year contract. That's very attractive to people looking to get a career going and get paid. So I think both guys will go in the top 15, and I think it's an unbelievable recruiting tool. It's kind of felt like we've had cornerback you and defensive end you, and now wide receiver you is kicking in a little bit. When your fourth, and, hold on a sec. When your fourth receiver transfers, blows his knee out, and it's still a first round draft pick, you have good receivers. Go ahead, Bill.
2: And I talked to Innis, I talked to Tate. I talked to Jeremiah Smith, who's the top wide receiver in the 2024 class, and Josiah Trader, who is one of the top wide receivers in the 2024 class. I spoke with all of them this weekend, and every single one of them said what Ohio State is doing in developing wide receivers and then wide receivers being picked high in the NFL draft is absolutely a huge factor in their decisions.
1: And let's add one more thing. It doesn't hurt to know that no matter when you come to Ohio State, you're going to have a first-round draft picket quarterback throwing you the ball, so you're going to be in good shape, and that does not show any sign of slowing down. We've done some t- talk about you – know, You know what?
3: I, let's. I want to talk about something. As you brought up Stroud, I remember doing stuff like this one year ago, and we had no clue who the guy was going to be. Stroud was leading, but we kept talking about it. "Is it this guy? Is it that guy? And, and what I want to point out is from one year to right now, he's an obvious first-round pick. Look at how that stock went through the roof, and that's what recruits know about Ohio State is – boy, one year in front of the microscope at this program, you do your job. You go from relative unknown. You know, kids don't even have your jersey yet. Printers don't even know which one to print. And now you're – it's an automatic first-round draft pick type guy.
1: And what's also great is, as we just pontificate on Ohio State's greatness, is that they've now done it at almost every single position. You know, some some programs get known and branded as, you know, a specific spot, but they've done it at cornerback, defensive end but and corner, but quarterback is the key because when you sat a few years ago and said, who's the best Ohio state quarterback in the pros, you know, it wasn't exactly a long discussion. And now you're in the mode where, you know, every guy that comes out is going to have a chance to be picked high. Even what Dwayne Haskins did in this system compared to what he did outside of it, to me, is an argument for Ohio state and the structure. All right, Bill from Glenn Dinkins. Would you put Jonte cook the second in this class?
2: Not right now. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not ruling him out. He says he's going to make an official visit, but I've also talked to people in Texas and they feel he could end up at a number of different places, uh, including Ohio state being high on his list. But right now I think he's more likely to end up at Texas or Texas A&M. All
1: right. We're going to have one, two more questions. I had one here that I wanted to, okay, Bill, this is a great one from J Henry Miller does Ohio state prefer Jaden Davis or Dylan Rayola? Most people listening or watching probably know who those two guys are, but give us a quick update on the quarterbacks and who you think they prefer
2: They are both 2024 quarterbacks and they are two of the top 10 overall prospects in the country in the class of 2024. They're the top two quarterbacks in the country in that class. And you can put them in whatever order you want. I think, uh, Uh, Dylan Rayola gets a little more publicity as being maybe slightly higher than Davis, but they're both great players, and they both absolutely are considering Ohio State. Now, Having said that, it's not going to be an easy get uh, for the Buckeyes in either one, even with all their quarterback success. I think Rayola, uh, I think right now um, USC and Ohio State are are battling um, at the top. Davis, uh, you know, Ohio State is absolutely one of his top choices, but I I, I don't want to say – I would not crystal ball either one of them to Ohio State right now. I would just say that Ohio State is absolutely in the running for both of them.
1: I think it's fair to say that what Ryan Day has done and his staff, that they will be in the mix for any quarterback they go after. All right, Mark, last question just to show how good we are at this. From James McGowan, Mark, any big-time prospects coming up from the Youngstown area?
3: Yeah, as you look on Youngstown, uh, Brock Lowry is one of the biggest prospects in town, and he's a quarterback. Uh, he'd be a linebacker, a safety prospect for Ohio State right now. He's just a great all-around athlete with Iowa State as his top offer. Uh, Youngstown Cheney has Jalen Hewitt. Uh, he's an excellent player, and they have also Waller, the uh, 2024 kid who's been down to Ohio State, I'm pretty sure. Both kids that we're going to probably profile as we get into the summer here. But, uh, And then the kid out of uh, Austin Town Fitch, Brian Robinson, 6'5, 245 pound defensive end, just got the Kentucky offer. Doesn't have a bunch of tape, but going through drills, and I have some footage of him going through drills. We'll probably show on Bucknuts that he's going to be a player. He's going to be someone probably talking about as one of the better prospects to come out of Youngstown if he puts his hand in the dirt and gets after the quarterback this year. Uh, Austin Town Fitch has a few other guys. Uh, Cam. Uh, Cameron uh, Thompson or Cameron Williams, he's a safety, just got a Kentucky offer. Uh, they have a big back. Jarrell Williams just got Bowling Green. Uh, it's a pretty good-looking class. Ursula also has some players over there. You know, Youngstown, for a few years ago in the last five years, was only putting out maybe one prospect a year. Uh, the kid that went from Cheney to Boston College last year, Clive Wilson, I thought was an Ohio State-type player. Uh, they absolutely stole him uh, out of Ohio. So, well, uh, Youngstown area is back, I'll say. We have had a nice couple of uh, years of run at it.
1: Love to hear it. And obviously that's close to your heart. We appreciate everybody watching and listening. If you are on YouTube, Twitter or Facebook, please like and subscribe. Do the same for the podcast. We'll be back next Thursday. Have a good one, better.